1: The loss of Zanna, Kaylee,
0: Madison, and Ethan remains the highest priority for the Moscow Police Department. We will continue putting all of our resources into investigating and
1: solving these murders. We do an in-depth analysis of the crime scene where four University of Idaho students were found murdered. What does the house layout tell us about what happened? Retired crime scene reconstructionist and YouTuber Johnny Law breaks it down. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime, I'm Jesse Weber.
0: We all want to understand why this happened and what drove someone to do this. The families of those involved and our entire community deserve to know.
1: There are still so many questions regarding this horrific quadruple homicide out of the University of Idaho. I'm talking about the four students, 21-year-old Kaylee Gonsalves, 21-year-old Madison Mogan, 20-year-old Zayna Karnodal, and 20-year-old Ethan Chapin, who were all found brutally murdered in their off-campus home out in the college town of Moscow. Now, police haven't revealed much about the investigation. We know that there have been no arrests. We know that no killer or suspect has been identified. What we do know is that several people have been ruled out, and this includes Bethany Funk and Dylan Mortensen, who were the surviving roommates of the slain friends. They all lived in the same house. Funk and Mortensen were on the ground floor while the victims were killed on the second and third floors, which actually brings me to one of the most important aspects of this case, and that is the crime scene, the house. And to get a better understanding of the layout of this house, I'm joined by Johnny Law, a 25-year retired veteran crime scene reconstructionist and sheriff sergeant who actually served as a SWAT team sniper and also in the United States Marine Corps for two tours. He actually provided an in-depth breakdown of the house on his YouTube channel, so I encourage everyone to check it out there. Johnny, thanks so much for coming here on Sidebar. All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So, and and by the way, thank you for your service as well. We very much appreciate it. Um, Done some great work and also on this as well, because a lot of people do have questions here. So we're going to start off. There is a sketch that we're going to show everybody, and my understanding it was provided to you by a third party, says that it was posted by the property manager management. So it's kind of unconfirmed, right? But your first this this kind of crude sketch, it pretty much matches up to the property that could be
0: found on a website like Zillow, right? Yeah, correct. When I received it, you know, the overalls for the outside and the inside and the layout really really matched. I took it to Zillow, started comparing stairwells where those those were located and uh, the actual bedroom layouts and the windows where those were laid out and it It matched right on.
1: Yeah. So if you look at this image, right, it shows uh, different views of the house, the top view, the front view, the rear view, and then it has, it shows three floors. So briefly, if you can briefly summarize, what should we know about this house when we're looking about it? Let's start there. What should we know about the house?
0: It was originally probably a one story that they built into a two story house and right above the, uh, the two bedrooms on the bottom directly above that there's one bedroom directly above another. And then above another bedroom is just the living room area. So there's pretty much dead space from there all the way to the third floor.
1: Let's start with the the real interesting question that everybody has. It's whoever did this, you would imagine that the two surviving victims who are on the ground floor, if you look at it right here, wouldn't they be the first victims, right? You go in, I imagine the possibility is the killer comes in through the door and you would go strike the first two victims on the ground floor, but to have the, the victims on the third and the second floor... What, what do you make of that?
0: Well, we don't know where they entered. We don't know if they entered through the front door or the second story slider that goes into the kitchen. They're, just from law enforcement reports and video, they're, they're spending a lot of time at the sliding glass door. Looks like they're throwing some fingerprint dust on there, maybe some, some other chemicals on there to see if they can find any kind of evidence of blood or fingerprints. But I didn't really see them spending a whole lot of time on that front door. So they could have entered up to the backside where there's a tree line. But right now, uh, there's no reports on which way they did enter. There's a ladder on the side of the house people have been talking about. We don't know if that ladder was there before, if it was used to gain entry somewhere else. It's unknown at this time. It's all speculation.
1: So just to make clear, there could have been a ladder that might have been used or maybe the tree to get to the the second floor?
0: There's a ladder leaning up against the house on to the right of the front door along the side of the house. There's been a lot of scuttlebutt about that ladder. Who knows where, you know, if it was used, if it was been there, if investigators brought it, we don't know. But they've been spending a lot of time on that back slatter glass door, and so um, I think they're paying a lot of attention to that point of entry right there, whether it was secured or not. Let's
1: start with the second floor, okay? So the second floor is of particular interest. We know that two of the victims were found there. What can what should we know about? And again, I'm looking at the sketch. Bedroom two A. bedroom 2b there's a living room there's a bath there's stairs which we'll get to in a second and then there's this patio ground let's talk about the bedrooms what do we know
0: well we know if you're looking at the sketch in 2b that that's probably more than likely uh zaina's room that's where she stayed where ethan probably would have been staying with her on november 13th 2a there's a lot of pictures of dylan up there but i think reports are that 2a may have been vacant at the time and that dylan may have been in 1b down to the bottom right now there's also pictures of dylan in 1a so i mean bethany in 1a so we, we think we're confident bethany's in 1a that dylan's either in 1b or she's in 2a because there's pictures of her in 2a with some of her uh, items of clothing in there so right now just speculation we don't really know exactly and and regardless if if she's staying in 2a she could have been sleeping in 1b on the 12th she could have been in Bethany's room with her, uh, you know, as girls commonly do, my daughters did it all the time. So it's all it's all speculation at this point. We just know that police said two were found on second, two were found on the third, and we know that Ethan and Zana were were a couple, and so obviously they would be together
1: in this room. What's the layout of two B?
0: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 2B is just when you enter the door, um, there there are some pictures of a bed that is directly against the, I don't know, orientation-wise. If you go in the door and hook a left, that the bed is laid in that direction, that orientation. Go in the door, the bed's kind of laid in this direction here. And there's just normal girl stuff that's throughout the room. But other than the bed being laid out one way in photos on the 13th, Unknown. So the, the
1: 2B, do we know if something happened in there, the chances somebody would hear it in the upstairs rooms, where, again, Kaylee was found and Maddie was found or below where the two surviving victims were? I mean, the room of 2B, what's above and what's below to the best you can understand?
0: Well, above 2B is nothing because the the rooms, to, you know, the third rooms are above the second floor because it, it can't, it can'ts out, right? So 2B ends here and then there's this canted out kitchen. Well, above that is 3A and 3B, but on the other side of the kitchen is another bedroom, which is 2A. So 2A is kind of on a different, it, it's kind of an add-on, if you if, if you will. There's a step down from 2B that goes out to a kitchen and that's where 2A is. And then directly above the kitchen And 2A or 3A and 3B.
1: So in other words, let's say the killer or killer struck at 2B first, right?
0: It wouldn't be surprising that the other people in the house wouldn't hear it. There's nobody, right? There's nobody above, there's nobody above 2B, right? Now, if Dylan's below on 1B, then that's happening above her. If she's there.
1: If she's awake also. We have to think she's about awake. that as well. Right. Okay, right. so let's go to the third floor. Know. Can you tell us how the second floor and the third floor, where the staircase is, and the, how quick it would be for somebody to get from, let's say, 2B up to,
0: and again, I'm looking at this sketch here, 3B and 3A. Yeah, so if you can imagine coming out of 2B and, button and, and taking a hard right, you'll go down a drop down, and straight ahead, the stairs go up. They just loop around in kind of a, a U-turn. And right when you come up to the top, Right on the left is, is 3B, and to the right is 3A. I mean, it's, it's a pretty quick—it's not a big house, so it'd probably take, I don't know, less than 30 seconds to do that. And the rooms, imagine. 3A and 3B, are very easy to get to from back and forth. Very easy. To, there's just a hallway separating them. Do you have
1: any—based on looking at this case, do you have any idea about the order—I or, mean, it might be so premature— the order
0: of the killings or anything that's a difference to you between 3A, 3B, and 2B? I don't. Investigators are going to have a lot— a lot of better time figuring that out, you know. Debate based on just where the stab wounds are and transfer of blood and commingling of blood, and they got to, you know, they have a hard work because if you're, you're doing a killing in one room and you're taking that blood and you're going to another person, you're introducing that blood into another person. Now you're commingling that blood, and then you take that to the third person and the fourth person. Assuming it's the same knife, you have commingling, and so investigators will have to say, well, if if this person's DNA is not in number four. And everybody else's is in some other, you know, upstream or downstream. They're going to have to try to figure that out and blood type that in the lab and figure out if there's any commingling at all, or um, if there's any kind of blood evidence on the floor as well for that may have dripped dropped the knife, or if the suspect got uh, got cut himself.
1: Do we know anything at this point about
0: blood stains, blood spatter, anything like that? Nothing. Uh, nothing other than the the pictures on the outside of the wall that uh, looks like suspected blood that's coming from. 2B, where Zaina and Ethan were staying, that they'll field test that and then run it to a lab to verify it. But that's the only pictures of blood, I think, that we have right now.
1: By the way, the house, the neighborhood it's around, the neighboring houses, for anybody who doesn't know... How close is it to neighboring houses? Is it kind of secluded in a way?
0: Where is this house based in terms of the Moscow area? You know, it's not very far out of town. I've seen some reporters that did the drive in like three or four minutes they got to the, this property. Um, it's got surrounded by trees on a couple sides. It's not a normal track house where there's houses right next to you, you know, where you could you know touch your neighbor's house. It's probably got, you know, a half acre lot, something like that. So they're a little bit spread out but not so much spread out that you can't see each other.
1: When you look at this house, I mean, the whole the whole situation so incredibly eerie. And, you know, I just remember my time in college. So many houses look like that. There's nothing from the when I'm looking at any of this that stands out to me. It looks like a typical off campus house, a typical scene. None of this makes sense. Is there anything looking at this crime scene that stands out to you? I mean, if you were in charge of this investigation, what would be some of the first rooms you would look at? What would be some of the things you would want to know? Uh, is there anything that stands out to you, even from this bird's-eyed view about the house that says, huh, I would look a little bit closer at that?
0: I, I really trust the, the investigators right now to do their job. They got a lot of help. They got a lot of experts in there. They got hundreds of years experience that are coming in here and uh, doing the best they can. I can't imagine rolling up on the scene, especially I worked at a small uh, police department in Oregon. That only had, you know, a half a dozen officers. So I can't imagine rolling on this um, and then reaching out for help when I was, when I was a, a new cop. But, you know, the things that stand out a little bit that would help a perpetrator would be the wooded area behind it. There's a lot of concealment uh, back in there. I don't know what the lighting situation was in, on the streets as far as how well that's lit. There's been some reports that it wasn't well lit and now it's, now it's lit up. But that tree line is a pretty good place for someone to lay in wait if they wanted to. So I would I'd really be focusing a lot on that area. Now you know it's it's cold, it's raining, it's wet, and so a lot of the evidence they're going to try to find in that area, it's going to be pretty difficult to find.
1: Johnny Law, thanks so much for taking the time. I encourage everyone to check out your YouTube
0: video on this, where you even go into
1: further detail about the house. And you've been following this case as well since it started. Tell everybody where they can find you and get more updates about this case.
0: Yeah, you can find me on YouTube at uh, Johnny Law, uh, the Johnny Law on YouTube, and. Johnny Law five zero on most socials, and you can hit me up over there anytime. Johnny, thank you so much. Absolutely.
1: And that's all we have for you, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here on Sidebar. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your
0: podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.